Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Hey, happy Wednesday, everybody. (laughs) You're now listening to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. Y'all, if you're listening to this, that means it's Wednesday, which means that you made it halfway through another week. So we're going to drop another bomb for y'all. Y'all got to excuse me. I just got this broadcaster. Shout out to the fam who donated it. Um, Shout out to y'all. Love you. Um, but I'm playing with my little roadcaster. So y'all going to hear some random sounds. Uh, even if it don't fit, y'all just going to act like it fit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> y'all don't unsubscribe cause I'm being annoying today, <laughs> but again, welcome to another episode. I'm so, so, so excited to have you here today. Uh, it is again, it's Wednesday. We are here for another episode of the podcast. We are encouraging self-reflection through meaningful conversations. So I want you to do me a favor and share this podcast with as many people as possible. Why? Cause it's something that you need in your life, fam. Like it's something that like, it's not only uh, a podcast where you're going to hear interviews from your favorite celebs, your favorite, uh, musicians, influencers, uh, activists. It's not just that type of a podcast, but we're having meaningful conversation and the goal is to help you grow. So I want you to share it, share it, share it with as many people. So for the past few episodes, we've been highlighting people who have been helping us with the ratings. So if you haven't done so yet, I need you to open up your app, whether it's Apple or Spotify, go ahead and follow the show and make sure that you leave me a five-star rating and a little comment if you want to be featured on the show. So there are quite a few, uh, quite a few ratings that we recently received. Um, I can't, I think I read Queen Keebs last week. I think I definitely read Queen Keebs last week. Um, and I can't remember if I read T Darkwood, but T Darkwood was talking about, um, how they love the episode with Miss Natalie and Mr. Ron. So thank you so much T Darkwood. And so I need some more ratings. So I need y'all to go into the app And go ahead and leave me a five-star rating if you're not a hater (laughs) so that it helps with the the show, it helps with the numbers, and it helps overall with, again, like that visibility. So thank you so much for everyone who has done it thus far. But I need a little bit more, so make sure that y'all are – shooting a rating at for the podcast um for those of you who will be in Atlanta I want to get up with y'all so let me know if y'all gonna be in Atlanta September the 22nd through the 24th y'all can shoot me a dm uh whatever but I love 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 connecting with like um some of my supporters randomly ran into uh someone while I was traveling throughout the summer who um was a fan of the pod 
Um, at the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington, which I attended last Saturday, somebody had um, said that they were a friend of the pod. So it's dope to be able to run into you guys in public spaces. But while I'm in Atlanta for the Revolt Summit, I want to connect with y'all. And if you haven't done so already, make sure that you are tuned into our text community. That's right. We have a text community. All you have to do is text podcast to 21000. That's podcast to 21000 to stay connected with me, Dr. Shonda, and a few other people. You'll also get notifications about my other podcast, which is the Double Dose podcast that I have with my twin sister. But we have some things that we want to start doing there Uh, taking polls asking questions and y'all can again like that's a line that I have direct access to so if you have a question you um you know a a prayer request anything I see those messages so y'all can you know text me whatever whenever as long as it's appropriate um (laughs) we've had some people abuse it before but you know I trust y'all so so you know we we know we uh back on the right track with that um, okay, so what have I been up to the past week or so? It's just been a, a summer of travel, y'all, like for real, for real. Like literally every single week this summer, I've been on a flight. Like last week I was in uh, New York. For those of you who follow me on TikTok, I went to TikTok, had a black creator event that they had invited myself to. Um, and it was a dope experience to be able to connect with dope creators a few days before that, I was in Vegas. The week before that, I was in Houston. The week before that, I was in Louisiana. The week before that, like, it's just, like, been constant travel. Uh, but my kids have started school this week. When I say my kids, I might say that a few times on the podcast. I'm referring to the kids that I work with. They started school back up this week, which means no more morning and day sessions Uh, I'm back to having my evening sessions, which means my hot girl summer is coming to an end. (sighs) It was fun while it lasted, (laughs) y'all. But I'm not going to say it's coming to an end. I'm just going to say it's coming to a slowdown. Uh, And after that, it's a hot girl fall. (laughs) My sister is looking at me, shaking my head, (laughs) shaking her head. But I'm a firm believer that, like, you know, it's about enjoying life and creating moments with loved ones that you care about. Uh, so, yeah. So, if y'all want to join me for my hot girl fall, let me know. We, I might be in your city. So, I'm that type of friend. I'm the, I was just telling my other friend, like, I'm the quote-unquote I'm in your city type of friend. You might not hear from me throughout the year, but if I'm in your city, I'm going to hit you up so we can connect. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's me. I can't wait, though, <laughs> to get into this episode, y'all. We have some, my sister is literally looking at me cracking up. I don't know why y'all, because she's used to my, uh, she's used to my personality by now. So I don't know why she's laughing at me. But anyway, uh, we're going to hop into this conversation, y'all. I have a very special guest with me today and his name is Andre Henry. So we were able to connect on TikTok and then we kind of transitioned to Instagram. Um, I really, really appreciate people who appreciate the work that I do. Uh, just kind of like going through his work. Uh, I appreciate the work that he's doing. And it's one thing to be able to have people in your network who support you professionally. But it's another thing when like people on the internet, they see you struggling and then they reach out personally. So I will say like Andre was one of the people when, um, you know, things were happening with my family and my mom. Like he was somebody who reached out and said, listen, I've been through the same thing um, and I'm here if you need me. So 
Like, I will always have respect for people to, who, who reached out, especially during that trying hard time. Um, like, so many of y'all did reach out, and I'm, I'm appreciative of that. But Andre today is with us, and again, like, he's just a great person. He's an activist. He's someone who um, is heavily involved in music. He's a musician, um, a musician activist, and we're going to talk a little bit about what that means. And so we hopped into a great discussion about what that looks like. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to pull out your popcorn. If you're driving, don't, don't grab anything. Just keep driving commute to work, um, and just listen to what Andre has to say. So, Andre, you can take it away from here. Mr. Andre Henry is in the building. Thank you so much for coming to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. How are you today? I'm doing really, I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. It's definitely a pleasure. I can't wait to get into our discussion uh, but first things first, if you can kind of tell the people who you are, what you do, and yeah, all sure. the magic that makes you you. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So I'm Andre Henry. I'm an author and a musician and an activist around racial justice and mental health. I love it. I love it. And you do some podcasting too, right? Oh, yeah. I have a podcast called Hope and Hard Pills, uh, where we talk about for I mean, for many years, we've been talking about practical insight for social change. Like, how do pe how do ordinary people actually take action? Um, because there's so much information out there that people don't know. Uh, the last season, my friend Trish joined as my co-host. We were really uh, doing pop culture, and we just closed that season. And next season, we're going to be focusing on resilience and mental wellness and all that kind of stuff. So, I look forward to talking to you on my podcast about that. Nice. <laughs> I can't wait to be on. I know it's definitely been a long time coming. Uh, you were actually supposed to be on my pod months ago. Uh, so I do appreciate yeah. your flexibility. <laughs> oh, no. I've, I've, I've been looking forward to actually just conversing with you. So I'm, I'm glad yeah. that we just made it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so tell us a bit about your mental health advocacy work and how you got into that. Yeah. Okay. So... I want to be concise about this because I can really talk. Um, <laughs> so, um, but around uh, 2016, when I watched Philando Castile die in front of his girlfriend and their four-year-old daughter in Minneapolis, I started, that was like a point, that was like a, a crossing a threshold for me as far as, you know, racial consciousness the Black Lives Matter movement, all of that. And I felt like I need to, among among several things, I need to learn more. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. About systemic racism, first off. I understand racism on a personal level, you know, being black in America. But when we when I kept hearing people say systemic, 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 and I didn't really, really understand what that means. So I was like, I need to educate myself. I need to learn everything I can about uh, social movements, because I know that, you know, in the past, that has been the thing that has moved the needle. And thirdly, I need to find a way to invest my body into the struggle. Now, I've, I've been making music my whole life. I started writing songs when I was like eight years old or something like that. So 
the thing that was most that was immediately available to me was you know i was doing shows in la um i was in seminary at the time you know and so these are two areas that i can just use what i have i can at least tell my story and uh a few weeks later there's a whole story there but a few weeks later i had like this i had a vision really i had a vision of myself uh, with a a white boulder and on this boulder was written like all of the injustices that we experience in America as black people, including the names of, you know, folks that we'd seen, you know, die in ways like this from Trayvon up, you know, up to Philando Castilla at the time. Yeah. And when I came out of that vision, I felt like I was supposed to do it. So um, I did, you know, the next day. So actually, I remember talking to people about about it and I'm like, I feel like I need to do this thing. And I remember someone saying to me, well, you have to do it right now. And what I told them was, if God asked me to do something, God knows how I am. That means that God wants it done right away <laughs> <laughs> or else God wouldn't have come to me. <laughs> right so, that's like that's so, how it works <laughs> right so like you know because that's how i am you know if yeah. if i know what i need to do i'm gonna do it so the next day i'm i'm like i'm i have this i have this hundred pound white boulder that i painted white and i wrote all the things i saw in the vision on and i'm trying to get it through the wow. door the classroom door of my i was in beginning greek at the time i'm trying to get it through the classroom door of beginning greek and I I walk it through the door and my professor, of course, is looking at me like, the hell is going on in here? <laughs> 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 and he, he said, Andre, do you want to tell us, you know, why you're dragging a boulder behind you today? And I, I told them, you know, this boulder represents the weight that systemic racism lays on the black psyche. Mm. And that was like the beginning wow. of my journey. That was the beginning of me shifting my music to be more justice oriented, the beginning of my journey as an activist and the beginning of me connecting the dots between, you know, social oppression and mental health. Because what I was feeling was disempowered, rage, depression, you know, all these things because of that constant, you know, this constant rhythm of encountering these spectacles of black death right well that was was that seven years ago <laughs> no 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 no. that was in 2016 anyway i can't do the math right now but um that's about seven seven or eight yeah that's seven years yeah seven years yeah. ago dang wow time flies right so over that time you know i got deeply involved into you know studying nonviolent movements how do they work what makes them work what makes them effective i traveled the world looking for answers you know and to the point where now i have i have mentors who have toppled dictators in other, other countries and all that kind of stuff but what i hadn't accounted for what i didn't expect you know getting into social activism is that there's a lot of change that has to happen in us who are trying to create change right mm -hmm. so we have people who are traumatized by mainstream culture and then we all get to all these traumatized people get together who don't understand how to heal from that trauma, how to deal with that trauma. And so everyone's lashing out at one another. Mm -hmm. So I got deeply hurt, you know, in the social activism space, too, because of that. And then that brought me back to the need to understand 
uh, resilience. How do we build resilience? You know, how do we cultivate it within ourselves? What is it made of? You know, and what really works? You know what I mean? Like, because a lot of people have opinions, you know, on how to be well, you know, under these conditions. But a lot of us, a lot, a lot of it is wisdom that's been passed down to us. Right. Mm-hmm. And some of it is effective and some of it works and some of it is kind of like treating the acute systems, yeah. symptoms, but not, not really getting to the source or to the root. And that's really the journey that I'm on now is building my own resistance and resilience, sorry, building my own resilience, looking into the resilience of other freedom fighters throughout history and writing songs from that place. You know, um, that's where my my last EP that just came out a few weeks ago, Make It to Tomorrow, comes from, is me doing like a lot of like soul work, uh, spiritual care, and just being honest <laughs> about that same that same thing, that same dynamic. Yeah of living under these conditions can really take a toll on you spiritually. For sure. So so here I am. (laughs) Yeah. And I I love how you're, you're bringing up like the the various domains that racial Mm -hmm. stress and trauma can impact us as black Mm -hmm. people, because oftentimes we might talk about like, yeah, the emotional piece, I'm, I'm sad and I'm weighed down, but even thinking about how, how you said spiritually, like spiritually it can weigh Mm -hmm. you down. It can weigh us down physically. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love how you took your experience with that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I know that you know more about that than I do. Right. So this is something I'm still learning. But you know how I mean, this is what I've been thinking about a lot lately this week is a lot of people. We love to repeat whoever said it first. You. You are a spirit and you have a body. Right. Mm hmm. Um, and lately this week, I've been thinking, no, you are a body, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, we can get into the semantics of it or whatever, but you are a body. And mm-hmm. I think I'm not, that's not to say you don't have a spirit, you don't have a soul, but it's because I think that we have underplayed the role that everything we go through has on our physical body the chemicals that are released in our body where we're storing emotions and trauma in our bodies you know how sickness is related to stress you know how you know all these kinds of things because i mean quite frankly you know as i do the work to build my own resilience and cultivate you know self-compassion and all these other resources I'm feeling the effects of that process in my body, you know, feeling my, you know, I have not really been able to walk really good this week because I've had so much pain in my hips and in my lower back. And I started reading about it and I went to the chiropractor and the first thing she said, now she went through all these things. I didn't have anything traumatic happen physically. The first thing she said is, you know, this can, this can be the result of emotional trauma. And she keeps listening. But the first thing she said was emotional trauma. Wow. And I went, man, this is so crazy because that's exactly what I was looking up, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that's partly why I was excited to talk to you about this because I know that you know more about like how these things really affect our bodies because this is something that I'm learning and something that I want for more of us, especially I want black, I want more black people to understand Mm. because I think that especially like I'm Jamaicans and my family's Jamaican. So like, 
I was talking to my dad the other day and he goes, you can't know that you're depressed in Jamaica. That's not something you can know you're oppressed. You can know that you're depressed in America. You can't know that you're depressed in Jamaica, you know? And I think that that is one, one way that the cultures of those of us who have been marginalized and oppressed manifest itself is that that's how we deal with this. <laughs> we're like, we're going to push through, you know, but what's happening to our bodies in the, while we're doing that, you know? Right. That's something we don't think about, right? We only think about like, oh, I'm distancing myself from what I'm feeling or what I'm emotionally experiencing mm -hmm. in that moment to make myself feel better. But we won't, we don't think about yeah. like long-term the impact that it has on us because there is a brain body connection there. Like yes. whatever my body experiences in turn, whatever my emotions, whatever I experience emotionally in that regard, that can impact my body. Yes. And the same goes for trauma. Yeah, exactly. You know, your body is going through it, right? Like yes. that's how you know you're experiencing it because your body right. is telling you. Right? <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's our body's way of talking to us. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, that's that's where I um Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. That's kind of where I enter this conversation and what I'm trying to yeah. do with my music, because I'm not a mental health professional. I don't want to, you know, you know, put myself forward as that. But but I do have an experience. You know, my I talked to my therapist about this and she was like, yeah, Andre, you're not a mental health professional, but you are a trauma survivor a trauma survivor and you can talk about being a trauma survivor and so that's what i'm trying to do in my music you know is first off just give black people especially you know anyone who understands that experience that i'm talking about where yeah you know your awareness of what's happening to you and in the world around you all the kind of stuff when that feels like that boulder that you're carrying i want people to experience a sense of relief Mm -hmm. oh, a sense of pleasure right um when i learned about uh there was like that 2020 study from auburn university that was talking about like how racial stress causes the cells in our body to age faster it causes early death it causes sickness all this kind of stuff you know that helped me to understand that you know of all the revolutionary stuff that i've studied <laughs> and tried to be involved in that uh that music in itself is a kind of medicine, you know, that For can sure. help us really, it's like a direct intervention, right? Yeah. Against the effects of racial stress on our bodies. And so that's one thing I'm just trying to do with the music is give us something to just make, make us smile, you know, make us feel good, make us feel understood, make us feel affirmed, make us feel empowered, you know, and also to kind of challenge some of these narratives that keep us locked into these ways of being, you know, like, um, especially as, you know, I live in a male body, you know, but some of these discourses around masculinity and manhood mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff are not are not mm -hmm. serving us well in this area mm -hmm. either. So, yeah. What were you going to say? I saw I, I saw. No, you. no, no. I, I'm just taking a note because I want to get back to that. But. I know you, you transition into your work being a musician. And so I'm wondering, mm -hmm. like, in your experience, how has being a musician 
and the music that you're putting out there? How has that been a catalyst for um, uh, just like the revolution and even empowerment to other people? Yeah, you know, um, you know, music has always played such a major role, like in resistance to oppression. Right. You yeah. know, um, and I think it's partly because, you know, every uprising is rooted in the simple idea that I deserve better than this. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a feeling, right. There, yeah. There's a, there, those feelings of rage or anger, uh, those feelings of defiance, you know, there, there, and I think that music has always been a way to express that. And then like for people like us who have been, you know, our people have been colonized. One of the things that, you know, our oppressors have tried to do, is suppress cultural expression, right? Mm -hmm. Like they made drumming out illegal, you know, in Jamaica. They made drumming illegal in uh, in the South, in America, you know, when they're mm -hmm. oppressing us. <clears throat> because there's power in just just us being Wait, where ourselves. Wait, where did they make that illegal? They made it, so the colonizers, wherever they were, <laughs> you know, wherever they wow. wherever they set up colonies to oppress Black people, they outlawed, they outlawed cultural expression, you know, Some, including yeah, drumming yeah, yeah. And, and our dancing and all that kind of stuff. Because what they needed for us to become are colonized mm -hmm. subjects, right? You know, <laughs> so they didn't want us to have access wow. to those things, you know. So there's so much power in, ju in just us connecting to that first off. Um, and, you know, I could go throughout history, you know, all the different artists who have you know, yeah. helped us. But one one that comes to mind is, you know, when Dr. King writes in his book, mm -hmm. uh, Why We Can't Wait, where he's talking about the the Birmingham campaign and the during the civil rights movement. And he talked about the role of the freedom songs, you know, uh, because people are getting handcuffed and carted off to jail. And while they're getting carted off to jail, they're singing, you know, ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. Yeah. You know? You know, because one thing that I think I underestimated, and I don't know how many people really think about this, but I underestimated it going into, you know, because when I got into revolutionary work, I didn't believe in anything. The only thing I believed in was, you know, was that there had, was that our, our predecessors used nonviolent struggle to change something. So I believe in that. And that's what I believed in. And the years of really studying this, being involved in social activism and learning from elders has taught, has brought my attention back to the fact that our oppressors want to crush our spirits, you know, for sure, not just our bodies, without a doubt, you know, not just our bodies. They don't just want to incarcerate us and impoverish us and disenfranchise us. They want to crush us from the inside out. In fact, I was just at Robben Island Prison a couple uh, weeks ago, a few weeks ago in South Africa. And on the boat there, they were showing all of these videos of former political prisoners talking about their experience at Robben Island. And that's exactly what they kept saying. They kept saying, the empire sent us here to crush our spirits and they failed, right? Mm. And so music plays a part in that. Yeah. Right? I ask this question a lot because when you really look at what's happening and focus on the ways that this anti-Black world, you know, runs on Black death, on Black suffering, 
it can be discouraging, incredibly existentially discouraging, you know, to where to where literally you can I wouldn't blame anyone to ask the question, well, why go on living? You know, if we're going to keep if if every time I turn around, I'm seeing our people being denigrated on TV, they're rolling back whatever, you know, whatever uh, legis progressive legislation that we've won. You know, they're they're cutting DEI programs that that they just established in 2020 after George literally Ford was just killed. established it. <laughs> like they as soon just as it was there, established, you know they saying? snatching them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, like when when these things keep happening, you know, those things have an effect on the spirit. And one thing that music has always oh sorry, one thing that our predecessors and our ancestors have always been good at doing is deciding that they're going to live their lives to the fullest, regardless of the conditions that we're living under. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like underneath some of the worst anti-black oppression in history, our predecessors still invented the samba and jazz and the Lindy Hop and still produced, you know, all of this amazing literature and movies because and they still fell in love and they got married and they had kids yeah. and they built businesses because they decided that regardless of the conditions that they're living under, that they're going to live the best life possible. Right. Resilience. And they're, and they're going to resist their, 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 their oppression at the same time. Right. Yeah. And music has always been a part of that. So, you know, there was a time in in my involvement in the movement where, you know, I was more involved with strategy than creating art because I was asking this question, like, what's the most direct contribution I can make to the liberation of my people? And everything that I heard about music and art was more, I hate to say it, it just sounded... It sounded very woo-woo to me. You know, it just sounded okay. like people were just saying stuff they heard somewhere, but they don't yeah. like I am very much I'm very much the kind of person where it's like, give me the facts, you know. Right. Don't tell me that we're gonna be nonviolent just because you think that's a good idea. You know, that wasn't compelling to me. I became committed to nonviolence because I learned that the research shows that, you know, the that nonviolent struggles were literally twice as successful throughout history than armed struggles mm -hmm. that it only took three and a half percent of the population in consistent nonviolent struggle against any oppressor to win a social transformation. You know, those were the things that were compelling to me. That's legit. So for that re you know, for that reason, that, like, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I wasn't like really, okay. I'm like, music is important. We sing when we're on the streets, da, 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 da but I don't really understand. But then I started learning when I got burned out, <laughs> when I got burned out as an activist, and I was like, "Excuse my, excuse my language, but y'all niggas crazy out here." So I'm gonna go back to the studio, because <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go back to the studio. And I got yeah. back in the studio, and I was reading about you know, because I was looking for answers for myself. I'm like, mm -hmm. I went into this because of a sense of uh, depression, right? a sense of disempowerment and I got into it and I saw that like a lot of us in these in these social movement spaces are nowhere near ready to confront the conditions that we're under because we again. don't pay hey there ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster oh you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you yeah or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. 
Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Have the resilient skills within ourselves. We, we are woke enough to know and to recognize white supremacy and anti-Blackness around us, mm-hmm. but not necessarily conscious enough to understand the ways that we are continuing to enact those same structures and cultures and habits amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And all these other things that I was seeing on the street and I go, well, this, this is making it worse. Like I feel, <laughs> I feel more depressed now. Yeah. So I, I got back in the studio and I'm looking, you know, I was looking for, all right, but how do I thrive, you know, under this? And that's where I came across the data. <clears throat> around what this is doing to us internally and then seeing like that music is a natural way is a natural antidote for the ways that that this that this system is trying to crush us from the inside but i also want to say one more thing about that i think that instinctively we have known this you know we might not have been able to we we may not have been able to write like psychological papers about it, you know. Yeah. But we know because but we knew that it made us feel better. We knew that it lifted our spirits. We knew that it made us feel courageous. We knew, you know, those kinds of things, you know. So yeah, I mean, it's always a big part. And the other thing is that there's so many artists that have been involved in our struggle for liberation in general too. Like I'm thinking of for like sure. Paul Robeson and Nina Simone and Bob Marley. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, even Mahalia Jackson, Aretha Franklin, you know, all these <clears throat> all these musicians and artists and and uh and folks have always been involved involved in this stuff. And so I I feel I feel very like honored to be a part of that tradition, you know. Uh we just lost one too, Harry Belafonte. You know, he's also mm. another one. Yeah. You know, he even tell you, you know, he's singing they 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 like come at me want go home and all these, you know, white people are just like, what a fun song. But he explained it. He said, listen, this is a song of struggle. You know, this this is an anti-capitalist anthem. These men are saying mm-hmm. we've been working all night tallying these bananas and we're done. <laughs> you know, we don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. You know? This I, I feel like so activism. Go, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I feel like we I keep talking over you because my uh, Wi-Fi is a little delayed today. So my deepest apologies. Um, no, I'm no, also I, I very would... talkative. <laughs> that, I mean, that's what podcasting is for, right? People people tap in to hear us talk. So, <laughs> um, but but you mentioned how like activism or music has always been a part of our activism, um, and mm-hmm. even thinking about like the, I thought that's literally embedded in like that's generational to us like people on uh like plantations when our ancestors Mm -hmm. were working like literally sending message through music literally uh uh, encouraging one another through music like this is how it's been revolutionary since jump like that's 
as absolutely. music has been so embedded in our DNA from like since yeah. day one. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's definitely a part of our, like you said, it's a part of our DNA. And I think yes. it's a natural way for, it's a natural way for us to express ourselves, right. And to communicate. And, um, you know, I think, I think what I'm thinking of right now, I'm processing right now is I think that our oppressors would love it, love it, love it if we stopped singing, you know, oh, for they sure. would love it if the music stopped, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, a, there's another side to that too, like where even in our social movements now, you know, there are people talking a lot about how like we're not singing enough, right? Like we're not mm-hmm. producing enough songs that we can sing together on the street and all that kind of thing. Um, and I just think like within, especially, you know, with my focus, I'm just really interested in resilience right now that, yeah, we would just die. I think we would just die inside. You know, I think we would become a shells of who we are, you know, without artistic expression. And so it's just so important for us to, to hold on to, you Mm -hmm. know, it makes life beautiful. Right. And what else is and what else are we here for but to enjoy life? Right. And I think that there are all these little ways that we can choose to thrive. Right. Regardless Mm -hmm. of the conditions that we're under. And I see music being a part of that. You know, it makes us feel connected to other people. It makes us feel less lonely. You know, Uh, we already talked about like what it does to the body. And I think about when I think about that, I think about like all of it becomes like this healing work even Mm -hmm. for the people who may not be thinking about it that way you know so it's like i think about like meg the stallion and beyonce and you know i mean beyonce is like she's very like you know she's 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 making like a very conscious pop you know kind of kind of catalog but um you know i think all these artists Basically, what I'm saying is like even the artists who are just like making making like something to twerk to are actually doing healing work for us. <laughs> because music is cultural. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it does that thing in your body, you know, where like I'm just realizing more and more and more that this is a this is a direct intervention against the ways that mm-hmm. living under these conditions attacks our bodies you know, on the inside, you know? Yeah. For sure. For sure. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm a firm believer in, you know, basically everything that you said, especially the piece about music being uh, that catalyst for change and how Mm -hmm. it's literally so embedded in our culture uh, to the point where like the, even the twerk music, like you said, can be healing. (laughs) Like, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I used to write like, so when I first started writing songs about this kind of stuff, like I was being, I mean, I needed to express myself. So like, I'm literally, I was literally like writing songs about police brutality and, you know, like literally writing protest songs, you know, <laughs> and I noticed. I love that. Um, I noticed that like, even, even folks who worked on songs with me, like my friend Propaganda, we did this song called Red and Blue. And I, I wrote this song. It was about a time I got pulled over by the police and they were just so sure, like, I have drugs and weapons on me. This this guy's, you know, this guy's definitely like trafficking, you know, something. <clears throat> and me and Prop just 
neither one of us like listening to the song. It's good. It's a good song. <laughs> but we don't we don't like listening to it because you know we don't want to we don't want to we already know, you know, we know that that's going yeah. on. We don't want to listen to that, you know, when we're trying to wind down. And it made me think about like, you know, one of my heroes is Bob Marley, you know, and I grew up listening to Bob Marley. My father was a reggae musician when I was young, you know, and so, you know, they raised me on that. That's our culture. But there's such a wide range of what they're singing about. And I under, it just made me understand differently, like why these musicians would write so many songs about relaxing, about Mm -hmm. chilling, you know, chilling out and, you know, enjoying life and all that kind of stuff because, it's what we need, yeah. you know, it just is what we yeah. need. And so, you know, when I think about kind of the mental health part of of my journey, it's really in hindsight that I look back and I go, I started dragging this boulder around to tell people like, this is what it feels like on my psyche. Right. Yeah. That's a good and metaphor. I didn't, I don't think I'm, I don't think I made that connection when I was doing it that like, I'm really talking about mental health at the time. Mm-hmm. It's in hindsight that I look back at it and go, Oh, like this has always been about like mental health, right? For me. And so it feels like I'm coming back into that and leaning into that, especially understanding that <clears throat> one, this is a site of oppression, right? Our our mental health, our spiritual health, our well-being is a site of oppression because of the nature of what we're enduring. And therefore it's a site of resistance. Right. So everything that we do to make sure that we are well in this world, right, is a way that we are loving ourselves, which is our birthright, <laughs> loving each other, which is also our birthright, but also, you know, resisting that oppression that wants to turn us into really non-humans, right? That's what they want for us to be. Um there was something else I wanted to say about that, but it's 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 running away from me. But no, you <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Um, when, when thinking about like the the music that you are creating and the change that you're mm-hmm. creating for other people through your music, um, yeah. is the the EP is that called the Anthems of Revolution? Is that what it's <laughs> I saw it on your no, page. Uh, oh, okay. No, it's it's called Make It to Tomorrow. Um, Make it to tomorrow. And so, yeah. So what I tell people is that like I'm writing. I'm writing anthems of resilience. So like when I talk about like the movement for our liberation, it's like, it's an ecosystem, right? And everyone can't be the same animal, right? Because I used to think like, listen, if you're not out on these streets with us, you're not serious, you know? (laughs) Um, But that's not everybody's role, you know? And we also don't need everybody on the street because again, some of these things are crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's not everybody's ministry. You can't, we can't have a, a short story. Case in point, I remember one protest that I was, <clears throat> that I was a part of. We did this huge caravan in Pasadena. We're blocking streets because they shot this man in the back in Pasadena, mm-hmm. California. And so hundreds of cars, right? And I, I get down, you know, I'm one of the leaders. So I'm walking down the street and I see one of the folks with us like harassing people who are eating, you know, at some restaurant. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
you know, like he's all in their face and stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, 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 like our beef is not with people who are just sitting here eating their dinner. Our beef is with the PD who shot this man in the back. You know, he looked at me and said, nigga, if you don't get on my face. Oh. I was like, wow. Wow. That's what we're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we don't need everybody on the street. And so I realized that, you know, because of what I know about yeah. how multifaceted the attack is against us, mm-hmm. you know, that my role is to write these anthems of resilience, right? So that it. we can feel it. strong, you know, yeah. and also to just, and also to use what I have to to give people the information that I have too, because mm-hmm. that feeling of disempowerment, that feeling that, we are not powerful, that this is never going to change, that we can't really do anything about this or that we have to become our oppressors in order to be free in one way or another. These are all lies, you know? And so that's what I'm trying to do with these anthems of resilience is um, there's one song in there called Make It to Tomorrow. And, you know, I, I have lived with depression and anxiety for a while. Um. I'm feeling so much better as I'm practicing more resilience, uh, like intentionally, like as I'm saying that, you know, just for anyone's listening, like it is possible to change your, your lived experience to a degree. But I wrote this song, make it to tomorrow when I was like really struggling with, um, with suicidal ideation, I was just so deep in this depression. And so that's the name of the EP and also that's the title track of the EP. And it's a great example of what I'm talking about when we talk about resilience, you know, anthems, because this song starts right there. You know, the first line is sometimes I feel suicidal, but by the end, like it just doesn't feel that way because it's all about, you know, just making it to tomorrow. And I sing about like the things that I knew at the time to take care of myself, you know, like getting outside and getting some sun, getting some of that vitamin D from the sun, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. talking to my friends, learning, you know, my tools in therapy, like one of the self hug, you know, I love the self hug, you know, like just, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, all that kind of stuff because I wasn't equipped with that stuff growing up, you know, and I'm learning how important that is. So it's like putting words to these feelings, helping people to know that they're not alone there's nothing wrong with feeling this way. You're not weak. You know, I think that's one way that we're constantly gaslighted about this situation. It's like Mm -hmm. somebody told us, somebody told us that we have to prove that we are strong by not having a rational and reasonable response to the fact that we live in a society that hates us, (laughs) you know, that literally treats us with hatred you're not weak for being upset about that. Yeah. Yeah. You're not weak for being upset about that. You're not weak for being mad about that. And you're not weak. If it feels like, again, like you, like you have this weight on you Mm -hmm. and weighs you down. None of those things make you weak. It it actually means that you're sane. you know, it means that you're means it, it actually is a healthy thing that you can recognize that. Okay. Now we need to move through that. We need to allow those feelings to come and go. Um, And we also need some, we need to learn, you know, how to cope, right? So I think with the EP, 
it's not instructional because songs that are instructional aren't that fun, <laughs> you know, but it is like, I see you, right? Like I recognize yeah. you. So I think that the experience of listening to it is like having a friend, mm-hmm. you know, come into your house and, and just show you some compassion like you deserve. I think just by listening to an EP like that, people would feel so validated and seen uh, based on the things that you're talking about and expressing. Where can people find the, the EP? Oh, now there's anywhere, you know, music is streaming, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, all those places. You know, if they just look for Make It to Tomorrow by Andre Henry, it'll be there. I have a special version of it, too, on my my website at AndreHenry.co. So um, I have a song that didn't make it onto the official release. So I send that out, you know, when people join my mailing list. And there's like an alternate version of the title track that I told you all about. So. Cool. I can't wait to hear it. Um, so a special treat to the listeners. You guys will actually be able to listen to Make It to Tomorrow um, as soon as we exit out of this interview. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm excited about this and you and your future. Thank you. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I'm a firm yeah, believer I'm hoping... that. Yeah, go ahead. No, what do you tell me? No, I was going to say I'm a firm believer that like as people because we're so creative like we can create different realms of activism and not even realize that it's activism. yes so I, I firmly yeah. believe that this your music is a form of activism i truly do yeah yeah and you know on to that point i was reading this this article the other day it's called my gender is marinage but i can't remember the author's name mm. but they they brought up they brought up one of the palenques that our predecessors built, you know, and I don't know a whole lot about these, about palenques, but I know one thing is that, you know, some of us who escaped from enslavement set up our own societies alongside the slave society, you know, like actually, you know, my, my ancestors, the Maroons in Jamaica literally liberated themselves from Spanish oppression Mm -hmm. and built their own, you know, settlements in the Jamaican mountains. And they live there to this day. They're not Jamaicans, you know, because they made a treaty with the British to have their own society. And anyway, he was talking about what they were doing, you know, in these societies. And they were just living. You know what I mean? Like they, they set up their own government, you know, and their own customs and all this kind of stuff. And what he said was, sorry, they, I keep, oh my God, I've misgendered them twice. They, uh, because their gender is marriage. Um, they were saying uh, these people, they died for what they were living for. You know, they died because the, the the colonizers eventually came and broke up that one Palenque and killed a bunch of people. <clears throat> and I would love, I mean, we got to fight the power. We got to organize to fight the power. I'm all about that. But I also would love to see more of us just focusing on our own wholeness, right? As people and as communities, right? And if people want to call that radical, revolutionary, whatever, fine, you know, but what we're doing, right, is just really laying hold of our birthright, which is to live with dignity and joy, right? And pleasure. Um, yeah, you know, and so I, I kind of hope, what I imagine, you know, with the music is, you know, to... I haven't done a show in a while, not since the pandemic, you know, but I hope that, you know, 
I hope to see like crowds of people and we're all together and we're singing these songs. We're singing these like affirmations over ourselves, really, you know, and mm -hmm. seeing people experience healing in real time and connect I with each that. other and all that kind of stuff, you know. And um, to you, uh, to your point, that is something that Dr. Bernice King told me. She said, this is the kind of activism that we need, you know, not the only type, you know, er again, we're an ecosystem. <laughs> if you're a giraffe, right. be a giraffe. If you're a flamingo, be a flamingo. If you're a hippopotamus, right. be a hippopotamus, you know, but when she said that, that was just so affirming to me because yeah. there's still, you know, there's still a part of me that's like, you know, if you're not shutting stuff down on the street, you know, then who's going to do it? Well, there are plenty of people who are going to do that, right? <laughs> you know. You know, so we also personally. need these songs. Exactly, you, exactly. You, yeah, yeah. I, I self-identify as um, like an educational activist. So my activism mm -hmm. is in like the classroom or if I'm speaking somewhere, yeah. even like podcasting or on social media. Yeah, of like course. I'm, like I, I don't, so I've been on the front line before, <laughs> but I, I know because of the things that I have going on, it's not feasible for me all the time to be able to do yeah. things like that. So yeah. activism in multiple domains is a flex. <laughs> right. And I, and I yeah. see that, you know, and, you know, I see the content that you're making and all of that. And I really appreciate that. And we need that. We need it. Right. You know, and for again, sure. you know, if everybody, if everybody's doing the same thing, then everything's not getting done. <laughs> that's that's for sure. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Andre, for coming through. That was definitely a pleasure getting to know you and the work that you're doing. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely, absolutely. And so for the listeners, again, we have a special treat for you. You're going to be able to hear one of Andre's songs, and you'll also be able to click on some of his links in the show notes. So make sure you guys are checking that out. Uh, don't forget, next Wednesday, we have another episode of the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. And on Thursdays, every Thursday, we have the video version of the podcast that goes live on YouTube and everywhere else you can watch the video podcast. All right, y'all. Have a great night. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.